Hey, good people, and welcome to Goody Giving Game, the podcast where I review everything that happened last week in sports. It's been a lot, so let me go over the topic review, man. Duke is ACC champions, and I got to talk about their last week, man. They played UNC twice, one Zion's return. It's a lot to talk about, so I'm going to save that for later. Official NFL tampering free agency is live in effect, and there were some moves last week in the NFL. That stood out significantly. If you already know AB, OBJ, Le'Veon Bell, some other big-time names have moved. I got to get into it. But not yet. Um, some big NBA names return back to the court. And it is 15, 14 games left in the season. And people are trying to get in the playoffs. Lakers and LeBron is not looking good right now. So I got to talk about them. Of course, Russ made headline news last week when he got into it with a fan in Utah. Now, this week he's already going to be suspended um, because he got a 16 technical. So, we got it's a lot to talk about with Russ because that was very, very interesting last week. Um, there was a college scandal at USC with um, Becky from Full House. Crazy, over $500,000 paid to, like, get her daughter in school illegally. And my boy Tiger returned to the field. It's big when Tiger Woods is playing golf anytime, um, and I'm so happy that he's back. He may not be playing the best, but at the end of the day, Tiger Woods is back on the golf course. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit, and then we're going to jump right into it right now. So if you know, earlier in the week last week, um, Aunt Becky from Full House paid 500000 $500,000. My boy Kevin on stage would say 500000 to get her daughter into USC on a rowing scholarship. Now, this is the scandalous part about this whole situation. They used a lot of illegal things. I mean, helping kids on tests, doing all this whole crazy stuff. But they got them in on athletic scholarships, which was crazy. Like, what? What? I mean, I know there's a lot of, you know, people say, oh, athletes get. There is. There's a lot of, you know, helping and moving around to get athletes into school, period. That's facts. But at the same time, it's like they was Photoshopping this girl's face <laughs> on rowing stuff is what they saying. And they saying that there's potential jail time that they're talking about. It's just so much. I say just entitlement, rich entitlement. You have 500 bandos. Just pay for your whole daughter's degree. Why don't you? What the heck? But I will say culturally in California, and I'll say this probably happens in everywhere, but if you talk to any, culturally in California, if you talk to any kid under 10, um, any elementary school kid, um, they're force-fed, I want to go to USC, I want to go to UCLA, I want to go to Cal. So, and that's all that these kids know, that's all they talk about, that's all they want to be around, or they want to be somewhere in California. Which I assume other states do the same thing, but it's like, that's not the only thing that's available. There's other great universities and things like that. But when you come from this area and this culture, there's like an over-obsession to go to USC and to go to Cal and to go to UCLA. So I'm not surprised that USC's on there. And then when I saw, like, Georgetown is on there and some other universities, it's like, man, why? Why do we have to do it dirty? Why do we got to do it legal? But the rich keep getting rich, and now they just got caught. I will be interested in seeing what, the final outcome is and see if they let us be privy to that because a lot of times they just say stuff to get shock value and and this leaked and now the information is out because that's probably something that USC, Aunt Becky, nobody, nobody wants to be like a part of this, but 
they are, and um, it could get crazy. Um, I probably think that they'll get a slap on the wrist in probation because that's what they do for the others. I don't care if you steal a pack of gum and you from where I come from, if you do that, then you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you getting probation, you getting all you getting the whole deal. So it's just like there's obviously some unfair things in our economic system, but to do it illegally and to do it through through opportunities that would give people from my area and low income areas opportunities, people you know, you shouldn't be involved in that. And then obviously the daughter's disenrolled from USC talking about she doesn't want to get bullied and <laughs> all this type of stuff. Not that I'm laughing at bullying. It's just like you invited that territory. They already got her like she on her YouTube page and doing her thing and she she talking about school. But it's like, are you really prepared to even be at school? Because it doesn't even sound like you're trying to be at school. Man. Like You're crazy. Crazy, crazy situation. Um, we'll be keeping our ears to the ground, seeing what happens out of that. But. You know, just do stuff in the right way. Don't do things illegal, period. Just period. I don't care what it is. Just don't do stuff like that, especially when you don't want to get caught. And I'm not saying that the daughter is 100% involved, but you're 100. I mean, she's she has something to do with it. Because naturally, even like as a kid, as young as they are, they know right from wrong very young. And we teach them it, right? So we teach them not to lie. We teach them not to do stuff like that. So when we do it as parents, they call us on it first, 90% of the time. And then it's us as parents or as the adults that like, no, baby, it's okay. Sway their mind and make them believe that the behavior is all right. Or we show glorification to behavior that's inappropriate, that they know is inappropriate, but because a parent or whoever they look up to shows them different, then that sways their mind. Kids are the most honest people ever when you are a kid you are in your truest genuine form that's why I also believe in like loving and believing in your dreams from when you were a kid because that was your true genuine passion now you do change up and you do some you you do do different things but that was when you were genuine that was when you were being honest that was your pure self so it usually means outside people tamper with changing who you are changing right from wrong and you see it a lot in sports so it's crazy that now the daughter's acting like she doesn't know anything and has no involvement when a lot of times you do because you're following your parents lead um and you have something in your mind initially maybe initially you're like this is wrong but my mom says it's right so i'm gonna do it or my family says it's right so i'm gonna do it um just be better people that, that that's pretty much what i get out of that um moving on to something better and something more spicy um Free agency happened in the NFL, and it went down. ABJ, AB, excuse me, AB, Antonio Brown is to the Raiders. 30 million guaranteed, 54 overall. Shout out AB. And everybody going to say what they want to say about it, but AB is in the perfect place. I wanted him to be with the Packs. I mean, me personally. But at the same time, like, he's with the Raiders. They're going to Las Vegas. He's already taken on this wild, I say wild uncle, but wild child mentality because he's choosing to speak up for what he believes in, what he thinks he deserves. He wants to be treated fair. Um, This is something that happens all across the country in our everyday life. Me as an educator, me as a coach, like I want that. And sometimes just when you're in sports, you're not taught to speak up for yourself. And when you do, you're complaining or you're nagging or you're negative. And that's not 
necessarily the case. Um, I'm not going to say everything was right or everything was wrong, but when you are in a position where you can use your voice and use your opportunity to speak up and be clear with it and just speak on facts, then I feel like you should have that space. And if you think about it overall in athletics, you as an athlete never have an opportunity to speak for yourself, maybe because you're a kid and your parents are over what you do. When you get to high school, you can't legitimize and do anything and make money off your likeness. Everybody else does from beat writers to reporters to everybody like me. And all, I see all these little cameras and recording all these kids to get the highlights, to get the likes, to get the follows. And I don't see the kid benefit from that ever. Um, and regardless of what sport you are, and then you got to keep your amateurism. So you really can't do anything. And then if you go to the NCAA, you pretty much give all your likes and all your rightness to them. So you can't benefit and make money. And when you get to the NFL or you get to the NBA, they want you to be this type of person because you've never had a voice. So why should we give you one now? You get what I'm saying? So I'm happy that OB, I mean, I'm happy that AB, excuse me, is in a good place and he kind of controlled his destiny where he wanted to go. And even if your teams fall off, it's like, who cares? I got that bag. 30 million guaranteed, period. And I don't think he's going to stop balling or stop doing his thing. He's still going to be great. He's been doing it consistently for the last six years. So I don't think that's going to change in anything else. The name that I've been mixing up with my boy Antonio Brown, OBJ to the Browns. Traded. In a in a blink of an eye, I went to sleep, and the next thing I know, OBJ's wearing a Browns jersey. And I'm like, didn't the owner just say he wasn't going to be on the trade block and he wasn't tra- Bro, you look like a clown. And the Giants look like they tanking. Season is over. Eli already wasn't playing his best. He's on a slump right now, as all athletes get in. Um, and now they let go of OBJ. They got a first and a third round pick, but you're not going to get OBJ back. And the Browns have been getting all of this talk because the Browns are going to be in the championship. What the heck? What? Now, they made some moves, and they're going to be way better than they were last year. But people still got to play. People got to perform now. Come on now. Don't just give them the bag and, and they ain't earned it yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, that don't make no type of sense. Um, but, of course, if you're a better, if you're a gambler, if you're on fantasy, Browns and, and the Raiders' stock has went up, skyrocketed, because you got A.B. Carr is a solid ass you can possibly think as a quarterback. I can't take that away from him. Sometimes we get in slumps. Sometimes stuff happens. That's just facts. But on the other hand, the Browns got Landry. The Browns got... Uh, OBJ, the Browns got, you know what I'm saying, pieces. My boy T. Mitch, shout out to T. Mitch. Terrence Mitchell from 3500-916, Sacramento stand-up. Uh, that's what made me start watching it, like paying attention to the Browns. Obviously, they had the hard knocks on HBO, and then my boy plays for them, so I'm like, yeah, let me see what they're doing, let me see what they're about. And I like the overall mentality of the organization, like, the owner's out there like, man, y'all done woke up the monster, and he, he's, he's putting fuel to the fire. And I, I felt like he was a confident type of person last year when I was watching him. So it was like, oh, now I know why y'all got Baker Mayfield. Now I know why y'all have all these other pieces because you have that at the top. Top mentality trickles down to the rest of the to the program. 
um, or the rest of the, of the team. So it's like, okay, yeah, they have this cockiness, they have this swag, and now you have places like Baker Mayfield, OBJ, and Landry. You're going to put some pieces together, and they're going to make noise. Obviously, they went on a run last year at the end of the season, switching over and letting Baker Mayfield come in. But other than that, it's like, okay, now y'all got OBJ. They got weapons. I'm an LSU fan football-wise. So I've been, man, I've been in love with the Landry OBJ deal. Um, But it's like when you put those two weapons around him, he just got to make plays. And they got some other pieces as well that's going to be nasty. And I know my boy T. Mitch is grinding. He ready to get in that. It's just like you got to be ready for the mentality and being able to do this all the time. And I think that they're going to have to show, even if people think their stock is up, you're going to have to show it, prove it. Um, And that's what I think the Browns are going to try to do. I for sure know OBJ is going to do his thing. Receivers I'm not worried about. It's the other pieces, the coaching staff, and all those type of things that we try to ignore. Um, And y'all going to have to put in work to really show that y'all – can do it. On other trade news or moves, my boy Le'Veon Bell is back on the field. I'm so happy for him. He's with the Jets, 35 million guaranteed, 50 overall. Um, and it's like, he. I'm glad he's on the field. People are very, like, this generation of athletes from Antonio Brown, OBJ, Le'Veon Bell, um, LeBron, Chris Paul, all these guys that are using their voice and their platform, Colin Kaepernick, using their athletic platform to speak on things that are normally not spoken. They're making history, 30 for 30s in the writing, because now you just got to go do your thing and play. He's extremely happy with the overall decision, so I'm happy with it. How are you going to hate on somebody that's happy? And they're like, oh, he missed out on the money. He did this. Who cares? He's happy with his decision. He was not in a happy situation. And people are saying, like, oh, he still didn't get the money. He still didn't get the bag. And all top girlies pay more than him and whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter when you're happy. The dollar amount don't matter. The place don't matter because you want to be in a healthy space mentally. That's what happiness overall brings. When you are in a healthy space mentally, you are so extremely happy. You want to work harder. You want to be the best person. And when he said, like, I'm happy to be on the field. I took a year for my body. You got to think, this dude probably been playing football since he was 5'6". Y'all start him young, running back. So he's been putting mileage on his body his entire life. And he gets one opportunity to make a decision in how it worked out. And he just wanted to be follow, follow through with how I feel. His damn body, his mind, his spirit is rejuvenated. And now I think he's going to be a totally different Le'Veon Bell. I want these young men to go get the bag because people are going to judge you and scrutinize you anyway. They already are. So with that being said, like, let me go ball out on you to show you. And I know OBJ really don't have that same fuel like um, AB and Le'Veon Bell, but they traded breath for what? Because y'all tanking? Y'all giving up? I mean, I wouldn't say his commitment was anything of short of, of greatness. So it's like, okay, now I got to prove something to you. And I think that's why we play because a lot of people that play sports and where we're from, man, they doubt you. You're not supposed to be on this level. You're not supposed to be on this opportunity. You're not supposed to be getting these things. So it's like when you 
see people making decisions because they're happy or they're speaking out or they're using their voice, it makes me extremely proud. And I'm glad that he's happy. And he got 35 million guaranteed. Get your bag. And they can always say you can get more. Like when you get the when you get the right bag on the right time at the right place, it's just better. It's almost like getting clean money and dirty money. Like if I'm not happy, it don't matter what the situation is. Just because you're giving me money, it's still not a genuine happiness or potential opportunity for me to be great. So I'm gonna take the bag that is happier to me and makes me feel the most comfortable. That's just facts. Um, on other news, highest pay quarterback move. Nick Foles to the Jags, fifty point one two five million guaranteed. Did you hear what I said? Guaranteed over eighty eight million overall. Nick Foles got that bag. Nick Foles got that bag, man. And he moved to the Jags. Now I'm not um a big time Jags fan, but at the same time, they've been making news, they've been getting spicy, they've been putting some pieces together. So now it's his turn to go out there and ball out. They got some weapons around him. He's solid. Um We'll just have to see what happens out of that. But I was like, man, when I seen that money in mind, I was like, Lord, I think I want my son to be a quarterback. <laughs> like, that's crazy, man. Shout out to Nick Foles and getting that bag. Shout out to the Jags for getting him. Um, obviously, they wanted him in $50 million guaranteed. Whoo. Um, also, my boy Deshaun Jackson. I don't know. I, I like D-Jack for some reason. Like, that dude just super dope. I've always liked him. I've always been a fan of him. He's going back to the Eagles. Um, I like him better with the Eagles. I don't know why. I don't know what they're going to do over there and what the pieces are going to be like. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm happy that he's he's back with the Eagles for some reason. Um, also, like on NFL, you know, college talk, Kyler Murray had his pro day last week. Still number one pick. Easily. There's no doubts in that. Berber is a number one pick, hands down. And I'm really just, again, like these young men are just totally different. They're totally, totally different from like the Kyler Murrays and the Zion Williams and, then, and all the other amazing athletes that we get to see on the college level, on the men's and the women's side. It's like these are some amazing athletes. And it's like that's what, unfortunately, and makes us all, like, want our kids to be a part of that and want us to eventually be on that level is because you see amazing kids doing amazing things. And it's like um, kids like Kyler Murray and Zion are are kids, obviously young men that I want my son to look up to because they are just outstanding in every type of category. School, no issues, no drama, good families. It's just like you don't see a lot of positive things like that, but – there are actually more stories than none. We just don't highlight them. Um, so shout out to Kyler Murray again. Now he's becoming one of my new favorite names to talk about. But he had pro day last week at Oklahoma, and I think he just threw nothing else. Um, participated in that, and again, I, I mean pro days like y'all see it on film because that's predicated on one day and one situation. Sometimes pro days are really amazing and get you the opportunity and get you the bag, and sometimes it just like. Null and void, I feel like for Kyler Murray, is like he's still going number one. That's not changing. So regardless of whether he participated or not, and he's done limited things from pro day limits and um, combine limits, so he pretty much is like, take care of your body, take care of your mind, get ready. Get ready for that excitement because right now it's just you should be prepping to get ready for the league. 
Period. We already know what's happening. Uh, moving on to NBA. Man, it was spice. There was spiciness in the NBA. Last week, Clay Thompson came back. Kyrie came back. Joel is back because why? We coming down to this last stretch. They're talking about potentially, um, I think KD kind of got hurt. Um, Boogie is like, you know, spot. He's been playing spot. But at the end of the day, when you have those three names returning to your rosters, you get better. Clay came out crazy. I think he had like eight or nine threes in his first game back, 39, 36 points, something like that. Bananas, they still lost. But it's like, they have so many weapons. They have so many pieces. They need some continuity right now. Steve Kerr um, and the Warriors need to get it together as far as emotionally, which means mentally, um, so they can play because they have more than enough weapons. But when they continue to play mind games with each other and not handling things in the right way, I think it just causes distraction. Um, when you have that many pieces is just really managing the egos and whose night is going to be on tonight. And you go from being the option to being a role player. And that is not predicated before the game that happens in the game. So as these, as these guys play, they got to just get some more chemistry and continuity and who, when it's on and how hard we need to play. Um, they don't have that bench like they normally would have. So it's just like, but you have the weapons. So make sure your weapons are playing solid. I know Boogie's been playing some good games along with Clay, which is good. Draymond's kind of coming around. When those guys are getting good, you already know what you have in Curry and KD. So it's like now we can really play consistent in those role players. The few role players that they will play this year, they got to um, bring it. It's no it's no more talk. You know, you got to bring it. You got to step up. And um, they're trying to go on the three-peat. That's why they're making so much talk and so much news. They're still number one in the West. Um, but I think this year, out of any year, it could be potential to three-peat, obviously. We know that's what they're going for. They want to go for one of the top teams of all time. Um, they've had some discrepancies, though, so that's why I'm kind of worried they may not do it, just like when they had the best record um, and beat the Bulls. They didn't win a championship. Sorry. So it's like the Bulls did it and they won a championship. They're going on a three-peat and they got to win it to get a three-peat. If not, people are still going to be judgmental even if they make it to the finals or whatever the case may be. If they don't make it to the finals, people are going to say what they got to say and they're going to get scrutinized for not being one of the best teams um, of all time. They are, though. That's just crazy talk if you think that they're not. But at the same time, what their focus and goals are, the three-peat is just in the distance. You at the end of the day, I don't care if it's a three P, one P, whatever, your goal is to get the championship. So that's where their focus needs to be. Um and balancing their their emotion and their team. They be having a lot of stuff. A lot of lip reading going on, like starting drama with Kerr and I like how Kerr's handling things for the most part. It's just like they need to not feed into the extra distractions and just play. <coughs> and they will excuse me, they will be way better. Like they can play but it's usually managing the managing the, the the superstars. That's why some teams would even say it's better to not have a lot of superstars or to have a key core group and strong role players, which I see them potentially maybe losing to Houston because when Houston is fully healthy and they're, they're, everybody's on board, they're just a better team. They have better role players, and I think nobody can stop. Obviously, nobody can stop James Harden flat out. And when Chris Paul is healthy, he's the best point guard in the league, maybe. Period. So, 
Um, let's see how that works out. Or while we're talking about health, Kyrie is back and he played monstrous for the last couple games. Celtics still trying to find their chemistry too. Like again, people got to play right now because they have to get in some type of rhythm of what are we gonna do as we're building to go. The, the mindset is changing. We are in the postseason, whether it's March Madness or it's the NBA. Season is changing. We are in our third season now. So your mentality cannot be the same. You cannot be sitting. Now, you can't, You just it's certain stuff that can't happen right now because we are getting ready for the playoffs. And this winter go home. So body's got to be healthy. Mind's got to be right so we can go out there and accomplish our goals. Joel and B came back for the Sixers and they need him. And he talked about it himself. Like, my body feels good. I feel rejuvenated. My team needs me. I really like Joel and B uh, because a lot of big men – you know, they, they get a lot of scrutiny because the positions are changing and evolving so much. But when you got a solid big man who could play as big as Joel Embiid, you are a better team. Period. Even though I think last night they played um, against Giannis and it was just craziness. But it's like when you have pieces like that and you guys work with continuity as a team, Ben Simmons is getting better. Joel Embiid is obviously Joel Embiid. You guys made the moves to get the right pieces with Jimmy Butler. Um, it's just like you guys got to go out there and kill it now. Play. And that's a young bull team. And then Kyrie, like I said, came back for the Celtics, and they eventually going to play each other. So it's like you guys got to go out there and play. You guys got to go out there and ball now. It's no excuses. And this is the time where everybody gets better and everybody gets right in their mind and get their body right so that we can go out there and execute and do our thing on the court. Period. Um... So I, I know that with that being said, everybody coming back and everybody playing, like playoff contingency is at it the highest right now. Playoff contingency is at the highest. I think they said the Kings may be out. But, I mean, again, it's 15 games. You can go on a streak. Things can change. As long as they go out winning, I'm cool with that. Um, but, again, like the Lakers are out. LeBron talked. It's just so crazy. This week has been so crazy because I think it's just like stories, which is why I do this weekly because it the stories is just to generate conversation every day, right? Just potential conversation. I think almost 40 to 50% of it is just like non-factual because there's all hypothesis, what if, potential conversation, right? So it's like LeBron and the Lakers are out. Obviously, they're going to have to come out when they want to sit this dude or what they're going to do with this dude um, because there's no use of making his body be banged up and playing him, and he's mentally checked out. He's mentally checked out. I think they're now, like, maybe 2-10 and t- 10 in their last 12 games, and Brett is obviously checked out. Even last, the other night he um, was sitting on the end of the bench, like, not focused, not into it, because he's playing – with a trash squad. And y'all was talking all that noise about LeBron and the Cavs. But the Cavs was not trash, bro. Let's just facts. Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, RJ, you know what I'm saying? Like, JR, like, Kyrie. They were not trash. Bro, they were not trash. And they were battle-tested. They owned the East. They owned the East. This ain't no barely winning own the East. They dominated the East in the playoffs. You cannot tell me that those guys aren't ready to play, at least competitive. And even in the sweep, like, even in the last championship series with them, like, they still 
were battle-tested. Those guys were better than what you have with the Lakers because of mentality. When you go to three, you're going to three consecutive, four consecutive playoff runs, right? You're making teams. You're making moves. You guys are going to the championship. You guys have been to the last three consecutive NBA finals. You are better than rookies and old-time vets that was not doing nothing in the previous year. Um, Lance Stevenson, season was over, wasn't doing nothing, wasn't playing. You ended early, bruh. My boy Rondo, and I love them all, but I'm saying their mentality coming into this season was not a winning win or even to be competitive because they weren't being competitive last year. Rondo, his team wasn't in it. Like, Y'all had JaVale McGee, but JaVale McGee was coming off the bench shacking the food, JaVale McGee. And I love him. Love his mom, know his family. Like, no, not. But this is who y'all really thought y'all was going to restart the Lakers with? Y'all didn't even believe that. Y'all got to make some moves, make it interesting. Obviously, it's all about talk and making the headlines. So you got to make things interesting. No, not to Lonzo and Kuzma. Those are young guys. And Hart, those are young guys competing to be competitive in the league. They don't know how to win when it truly matters. They're not putting themselves on the line like that. It's just facts. So in the year, and you think about it, the last two years, y'all, the mentality wasn't to get these dudes better to compete in the playoffs or anything like that. Y'all was trying to get LeBron James. Your focus has been there. So these guys shocked y'all. Kuzma did his thing. Y'all were impressed with how Lonzo played. Like your heart got obviously better. Your team looked like they were making moves, but they weren't making moves to be competitive in the playoffs because of LeBron James coming. Your team's mentality wasn't there. So we all knew that this season was not going to be the best, period. And LeBron is doing his thing, putting up numbers, not saying that it wasn't going to happen, but y'all wasn't going to be competitive in this damn playoffs. And it's like, stop with the extra. Y'all ain't trading him. Y'all not doing none of that. Y'all going to try to get some pieces around him like every good organization would. Y'all not losing LeBron. It is, there's nobody in the league I'm not going to say nobody, but you're not going to get those pieces to trade LeBron. You're not getting a superstar and a whole team. LeBron is worth a whole team and more. So you're not getting it. Stop talking about it. Lakers, y'all out of it, for sure. And LeBron, I, I'm, I'm not even upset with how he's playing be, or how he's going because this has been the argument, the difference between Jordan, Kobe Bean, and him. Because I don't care what's going on. Even when I was younger growing up watching LeBron, like I was a baby watching Jordan. Kobe really didn't come to this to my interest until later in his career. I knew about the air ball. I knew who he was. Obviously, talk in the comparisons of Jordan, but I really didn't start watching his game and appreciating his game until later in his career when he was older, um, because he was just so much to me at that time overlooked by Shaq and his ability and all the other pieces around. Him. They had some amazing pieces. Not saying Kobe didn't do his thing, but when Kobe started getting on the scoring tangents and getting with Paul Gasol, I felt like he was a different Kobe, and I really liked that Kobe. Um, the beginning Kobe, I ain't going to say I knew. I was really an Iverson fan and Jordan. I was obsessed with Jordan because Jordan was playing. And this is the thing. I bring this up because Jordan was with the Wizards. The Wizards were not competitive. I want to say they maybe made the playoffs, but I, I don't recall. They were not competitive, but I don't remember Jordan not playing like Jordan or being Jordan in every way, leading by example, being a leader, um, Doing everything that it took, you could tell he was in the end of his career, but at the same time, you could tell he was still Michael Jordan. And like again, like I said, when I started liking Kobe towards the end of his career, he still, even in his last game, took, you know what I'm saying, 50 points. You know that he played like Kobe being Bryant. 
And LeBron right now, my frustration with him is like, come on, bro, character, leadership. I don't care if we lose it. It's the coach's mentality. Like, I got to coach. I got to be the best me all the time, regardless of what's going on in the game, because I don't get to put a point in. I don't get to score a bucket. I don't get to make a pass. I don't get to overall make the decisions on the court because I'm giving it to my players. So it's like you sitting on the end of the bench, you not being into it, you not, you know what I'm saying, even though you're playing well, if you are not using your voice and your leadership ability to get this group right. And then maybe that's me. He's doing that in defense of him. Maybe he's doing that because, you know, most of these dudes going to be gone tomorrow or going at the end of the season. I'm about to make me a whole new squad. So I'm not even going to pay attention to it. It's an obvious, like, disrespect for the coach, and this is what I'm talking about. You can say whatever you want about coaching, how these kids act, but if you are not an example, LeBron, you are an example. People are watching you. People are paying attention to you, LeBron. So it means you can't disrespect Luke. I don't care what nobody says. Do you know how many people, like, even if you were the boss and you know you're about to fire somebody as a coach, I fired I've fired coaches. I've moved on. I've had to make hard decisions. Do you know you still got to act like everything is normal? You still got to act like everything is cool and everything in your behavior is showing that you are done with him. You are uh, you are unenthused with the season right now and you on to the bag. Everything that he's done this year besides put up amazing numbers, which LeBron should do all the time. Nobody can stop him. He's not the number one player in the world anymore, but I think nobody can stop LeBron when he's being LeBron. Facts. Still, even if he's not being LeBron, you can't guard him. He's bigger than every person on the floor. Okay? So, not taking away from his greatness, but right now I'm looking at his leadership. I'm looking at his character. What does he stand for? He's been in his bag in every way. He's on the the, uh, future album, movies, Publishing, directing, and got his own show, doing his thing. He's he's made every move that we thought he would make on the reason why he's going to LA. Everything has been entertainment this year. Where are the wins? Where is the leadership? Where is you can tell the men, the mental is not there, and that's what I'm talking about. The game is ninety percent mental, ten percent physical, and the physical exudes when you mentally you know it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm really worried about where his concentration is. He got kids. His son is in a pivotal moment. Like, he's going to high school. He's playing his AAU. He has things to focus on. I'm not saying that, man. 34 years old. He got he got to he gotta establish the bag even more. Like, it's not established. But it's like I understand when you have things that you have to focus on. But at the same time, understand you a basketball player and, it, and you need to be a every type of leader on that floor because everybody looks at you. As LeBron James. Can't I, I'm not he can't do nothing wrong, man. Got a school. I want to start a church school. LeBron is like showing me the way. Hey, athletes that really love their communities, you want to get back. They LeBron's an example. But right now, when I'm saying LeBron is an example and people look at him, he needs to understand that everybody is looking at what you do. And I don't care, no coach deserves that. You know what I'm saying? We talk about the, how these kids treat the coaches and how the parents treat the coaches, but this is a prime example of what we've been talking about. I don't care how you feel about him. He is still the head coach, and you need to be giving him respect. I don't care if you get in your car and be like, I don't like this dude. I'm cool. Get home. Talk to your wife and, and keep that in your family. But when you are out on the court, you have to do everything you can to respect him and show him that leadership. And when you're sitting on the side during huddles, you're not even engaged you are showing that you pretty much don't care about what he has to say because you know at the end of the day your word is going to – even if you know your word is going to be solid, man, just be a stand-up dude and respect him because at the end of the day, y'all both men, and I feel like as a coach, 
we get treated any type of way, and especially when you are a great player. And this right now is perpetuating that belief, is perpetuating that you can do whatever you want to do when you are the leader of the ship as a player. And I'm not saying you shouldn't dictate or say whatever you want to say to be able to make an impact on how you want your team to be, but let the man finish the job out. People have been talking about Luke Walton getting fired for months. And now when I see him playing, because I'm paying attention to the NBA more, it's like, dang, come on, LB, you better do that. And there's, everybody makes mistakes, so I'm not getting on him like, oh, I don't like him. I think he is a great person. But it's like we all make mistakes. We all get caught up in the moment, and I can tell that LeBron is being caught up in the moment and caught up in his emotion and caught up in how he feels, and he cannot do that right now. We get on everybody else. Why we can't get on him? Step up, be the leader, show respect to the team and what you're doing. I don't care even if you are not enthused. Because if he wasn't LeBron James, y'all would be like, oh, we need to fire this dude. We need to get them out of here. What? Come on, man. Just, all I'm asking for is to finish the game, finish the season out with respect of Luke and whatever's going on. Because you are making it more noticeable that you have an issue and that there's a problem. And it's just looking bad for, you, for the type of person you are. I know you're not that type of person, LeBron. So, come on, man. Show, show us more. Because we, we as a people submit to how we feel, man. We go to work with attitudes. People be hot. People be treating people disrespectful. I was a hothead athlete who felt like I could say and do whatever I wanted to do at moments. I didn't act in that because I was like, I need to still be a leader and an example by what I do. But I also was like, certain coaches, like, yeah. And I know it comes out of immediate disrespect for the coach. And when you are not even just talking to him, LeBron, you might not be playing, you might not be on the floor, but when you talk to players, when you're in players' ear, they are inspired. You got to think, I know Lonzo's not playing, but like players like Lonzo who say they look up to you. I don't think there's nobody in the league who doesn't look up to you and your advice. They trust you. So it's like your little two cents, even if you're not in the game, be the coach. Do what you were doing with the Cavs. You were doing it with the Cavs. Coaching and talking to people and, and the whole deal. So it's like, come on, LB. You better than that. You better than that. And I think you shouldn't be sitting on the end of the bench. I think you should not be showing your emotion. Don't show your cards, bro. We we know what's popping. We know what's going to happen. Let that go. Um, On to other news, though. Because I had to just go in on LB. Because, I, I mean, I really like him as a person. And I think that, my, I mean, my son look up to him. So it's like when he does stuff like that, it perpetuates the the thought process that top athletes can have attitudes and do what they want to do, whatever, to the coaches. That's how I took that. Um, other headline news, though. Russell Westbrook um, literally went crazy at Utah the other night. And him and a fan got into it, and it was recorded, of course. Of course it was recorded. And nothing happened, which is crazy, but... Um, Russ got into a fan, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much went in, and it's been talked all day, all day long. Brett even got an interview, which is crazy. The dude that was getting into it with him, um, ended up getting an interview after because we just record everything and we nosy and we just that's crazy. So supposedly Brett told Russ to get on his knees and called him a called him a boy and. And they had some other videos where people have called LeBron, called Westbrook um, a boy, and you know that's just very that's very disrespectful. 
that's just you already know. Heard the N word maybe was used, and then we gotta go back and solidify that he's a racist because we went on his Twitter feed and we saw man, stop it. It takes one moment to have a racist moment, and you have racist behavior. I'm not saying you are a racist, but if you make racist comments, if you make derogatory comments about me and treat me and belittle me, that's a part of you. I don't care if you do it one time or you did it previously before, two, three, four, five times. If you're willing to go to that type of language and conversation with me, that's a part of you. Um, and of course, Russ was riled up. Like everybody like saying all this stuff. And um, the crazy part about it is the dude is like, a really known fan, which is crazy. So he's been like he he goes to these games. Obviously, you know the closer you sit to the games, it's closer you sit to the floor. You obviously have money, so he was sitting pretty close. And I liked that he ended up getting banned from the games, which he should have. And I think they find my boy Russ. But at the end of the day, like the only problem I had with Russ is the conversation to his wife. But that's just I'm frustrated now. I'm frustrated. And my boy, he got he got fined um, 25K. So, <laughs> it ain't like... And he He's frustrated right now. You can tell, like, he, he's very... I don't know. When you belittled and people don't believe you, and then it's just like a whole spark in conversation, you feel some type of way. If you ever experienced, like, racial, motivated, derogatory statements towards you, it, it takes a lot on your mental. It does. And he might not want to say that, but everybody's like, you you on one side, either you support the fan or you support Russ. I obviously support Russ because it's just it's limits to this. You know what I'm saying? It's lines, it's lines that can't be crossed because I'm I'm really a human. And I feel like that. I've had and the crazy part about it is, speaking from my heart, I've had my own moments where I've wanted to fight or retaliate. I've been charged, like, parents have charged the bench. Um, I've been cursed at. I've been disrespected. I've been a lot of things from parents. You get what I'm saying? From parents that I feel like think because you are a coach, I can say whatever I want to you, especially because I was young. You know what I'm saying? A lot of my parents were older than me at least 20, 20 years. Could be my mom, be my auntie. You know, so they were very disrespectful. And when I started getting that feeling of, like, Anger and the niceness is not working out. I had to walk away from it. But I understand where Russ is like, <laughs> you, 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 you can't disrespect me, bro. I'm a man. I'm a father. Like, you, you just can't, you can't cross those type of lines. And it was pretty much ridiculous. I think it, it shouldn't even got to that point because there needs to be a better governing body over what goes on the fan got banned which i'm 100 percent with like that's just not cool but at the same time it's like man y'all gotta be better and y'all gotta protect these athletes you know people can't say whatever they want it's just like social media people say whatever they want people gonna say stuff in the fans i think i talked about that before on one of my videos where like people when i was in college like people knew my mama name my daddy name my you know what i'm saying everybody like they knew your whole family they talked about your city your hair your everything your teeth they didn't care. Like, it was all a, a part of the distraction that the fans have. And fans really, I, I heard this earlier too, fans really think they have an impact on the game and how it turns out. Which it does, because if it plays a mental, if it plays mentally on you, then that had an impact. 
uh, it's not usually the reason why something happened, but it definitely causes a distraction and things like that to the game. And I, I wish Russ wouldn't have had to go that far. I wish somebody would have, you know what I'm saying, stepped in. But, again, that's just – I think it's cultural preservation of black life. Like, it takes a long time for people to step in on our behalf or defend us or defend us with validity. There's always two sides, so I guess that's why. But it's like it shouldn't even got that far for him to have to respond like that, for him to have to say those type of things. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, come on now, y'all can do better, y'all can be better, and y'all need to really protect these athletes like y'all say y'all do. Y'all love them, y'all care for them, but when they spaz out and they act out, y'all want to throw them under the bus. So, Russ, I'm with you, man. Just keep it, keep it level-headed. Don't let them see your cards. Like I'm saying, LeBron, sometimes it's better to not let them see your cards and let them see your hand. It's better. But I'm glad that this did come out because now I think that there is going to be a lot more changes and implementations of how we deal with fans, how we preserve the athlete's experience, just like we're trying to preserve the fans' experience. Now, when Russ went up there and slapped him, y'all would have been mad. You know what I'm saying? So how are we so consumed with protecting the fans' opportunity to view because they paid when I'm paying this dude millions and millions of dollars to play? I got to protect him at the same time. And then maybe it's a perpetuated behavior over there. I don't know about the security. I don't know what color they were. I don't know what race they were. But what prevented y'all from stepping in sooner? Aren't you guys paying attention? Aren't there security right there listening to the whole conversation to validate what was happening? Come on now. It just it, it don't make sense to me. And and I think Russ is getting a lot of scrutiny because he said he'd take off on the wife. Like you and your wife can get it. Then you should have just kept it with him. Obviously, you know, that that's where I got somebody for you. But it's like when you're getting it so many ways and you're getting attacked when you're blindly fighting out, whoever gets it, gets it. You know what I'm saying? If you get hit, you get hit. You try to stop it, you get hit. I mean, I've seen administrators, teachers, principals get socked trying to stop a fight. The kid's intention is not to sock you or knock you out, but if you go in there and you head first, following the crew, you might get booked. Dumped. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he didn't have to go that far, but again, when you are frustrated, when you on everything I love, when he said on everything I love, I was like, this boy crazy. When you are doing that, it's like, <laughs> come on now, I'm hot. I don't know what's going to come out, so we got to protect. I just think we got to be better at Protecting our athletes. Flat out. Uh, March Madness, man. It's here. It's in effect. Brackets are out. And I'm going to do a different podcast to talk about the bracketology. But this week, I got to talk about um, what happened in basketball, man. Duke played North Carolina twice last week. They played on Friday. And then they played again on the following Friday. So they played Friday to Friday. Um, once they played in the regular season, North Carolina dominated us. Period. Flat out. I can't even talk about it no more. They beat us. But we came back with a vengeance. You feel what I'm saying? And then the rematch, the re-rematch, third time in the ACC title, in the ACC quarterfinals, semifinals, handle business. Handle business. And partially because we had Zion Williams. Um, some tickets that was punched. Bradley, I thought this stood out to me. Bradley hadn't been to the NCAA tournament in 31 years. They won their conference championship and they are solidified in. I don't care what they um, position is, they're in, man. 31 years is a long time. And then something else, before the ACC tournament, St. Mary's with my boy, 
Jordan Ford, yes, Jordan Ford, Sacktown native, you feel me? Stand up, we all over the world. Beat the number one team in the nation, Gonzaga. And they punched their ticket to the tournament. Ugh, now what? But at the same time, Gonzaga still got number one. From what I saw, Gonzaga still got a number one. They still dominated. But shout out to St. Mary's. Adjusting your game plan is crucial, and that's what they did. I got to watch the game. Jordan, I think, dropped in um, 17 points. Big time knockdown for those at the end to solid, solidify it. But um, it was so many games going on. It's crazy. The women's bracket is coming out today. And that's why I said I think I'm going to go ahead, after all the brackets are out, I'm going to go ahead and make my official bracket. Have never made a um, NCAA bracket. I always just pick who I think is going to win it. Um, but this year is going to be the first, and that's why I want to do a whole video, a whole podcast for that. But while we're talking about basketball, man, while we're talking about basketball right now, um, it's major, major, major that I got to talk about Duke, okay? My Blue Devils, battle-tested. Thinking they winning it this year because when we have legit dominance, I don't like it. I don't like that. But when we have a battle-tested team and we come through some things, oh, I feel like our chances are better. And this team is legit battle-tested. Five games without Zion, and we struggled. The kid came back, and it was like I seen him play earlier in the year. I seen him play with other teams. But when I actually got to see him play, for real, for real. I was like, boy, he's crazy. Came back, first game back against Syracuse, 29 points, 13 for 13, 14 rebounds, 5 steals, 69% from the field. Period. Number one pick. I don't care. Um, I think Barrett is great and, and has a very bright future and potential. Reddish did his thing shooting. And then Trey Jones stepped up too. They, they rely on their freshman, period. Um, but in this UNC rematch, Oh, it was a game. Duke only won by one, 74-73. Um, Zion hit the game winning shot. My boy Barrett could have went to the line and made the solidifying free throws, but he didn't. Mm, kind of made me feel some type of way, but I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let him live. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to let him live this time, but at the, at the end of the day, bro, you can't be doing that. Especially when people talking this much hype about him. I'm like, I haven't seen anything different in his game. He's still not making good decisions as when to attack, when not to attack. Obviously, he can shoot, and he is so much bigger than everybody else. He can jump out of the gym. We're not taking that away from him. But his decision-making, I question. Reddish, his decision-making, I question. Jones, his job is just to feed it as many times as he can to Zion, and he does it. Steps up as well. He stepped up in in that championship game against Florida State. But, man, it was an amazing game, UNC Duke. Man, this is why I love this rivalry. This is why I think. It's one of the best rivalries in basketball. Especially, I mean, me and my boy was talking about what do you guys, and you might tap in and let me know, what do you guys think is the best rivalry in college sports? Uh, we know the rivalries are like in the pros, but what's the best college rivalry other than UNC Duke? I know I would say to me, football, um, Ohio State, Michigan is on the same level because I even watched that game. Like, come on now. But, um, I think the UNC Duke game is like one of the best rivalries in sports, and it was it was it was crazy, man. White was going crazy for UNC. That dude is so good. He is so good, um, but Zion was just too much, too much. He had 29, 31 in his second game against UNC, and then I think he had twenty one against um, Saint. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> he had twenty one against um, Florida State. Obviously, the ACC MVP. The, the kid averaged over like 30 
points in in the game. And they're saying he's other than Zion's performance right now, the only better performance um, was KD. How long ago was that? Where KD, I think he averaged like thirty one or something like that. Crazy efficient as heck, like Zion. Um, and it the whole time I've been seeing him jump, I've been seeing him fly, I've been seeing him dunk. Until I heard Stephen A. Smith talk to um, talking about him and his performances, obviously last week it was just like conversation, conversation, conversation about Zion and his return. But uh, when I saw Stephen A. Smith talk about him playing like Barkley, because I always see him flying, I always see him around the three point line. I mean, I mean he could be like LeBron, but he's so much more like Barkley. Um, and he has this motor that's unmatched, untapped, and he can speak so well. I, I love him when he does interviews and his energy, he comes with it, man. Like, he really be he really be trying to deliver, and he wants to play his heart out. He wants to play his heart out. He even said, man, I didn't give it my all, and it came out in the UNC game, went crazy. Like, he's the difference maker, period. And that just showed me. Like, I watched him two weekends in a row. I watched Duke with him and without him. I thought Barrett did the same thing. Jumpers, bad decisions, getting charges called on him still. Shout out to Williams from UNC. That boy locks Barrett up. He's in Barrett's head. Facts. So, RJ Barrett, I I love him. I think he can play. I'm not taking nothing from him. But at the same time, it's like I felt like in that game, the difference was Zion. And if you don't feel like that, oh, well. Barrett still did his thing. I think he had 17, 20 or something like that. It's still crazy dunks. Crazy. The kid can play. Reddish coming in with some good big-time threes. He's going to have to play better and play more. I think that, that we know what the top dogs give us. That's easy to take away. But can the other factors solidify the win? And that's going to be, you know, maybe the curse to um, our, you know, tournament story. But I think with Zion, our defense is just way better. And that was something that I felt like hurt us. In the UNC matchups, we could not play D. We could not get back. We could not get stops. We could not make plays. And it was like UNC still dominated dominated us, I felt like. But you couldn't stop Zion. Right when Duke would get in the slump, Zion would get a bucket. And that's where his greatness, that's where greatness comes from. When our team has nothing, you are one of the people that help us stand out. So, um... It is so much more March Madness talk, and I want to give you all a full podcast for that. But I had to shout out, man, all those teams that did really well and made it. Um, tickets have been punched. Women tickets are going to be finalized today. 